0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the short and long-term harm of drunkenness.
1: When a nation is given over to drunkenness, it is a cry of decay. Drunkenness is condemned throughout the scriptures. Read the Proverbs. He's not wise. Who do you give wine to? One is ready to die. (laughs) Drunkenness is one of the works of the flesh that will keep people from the kingdom of God. Galatians 5.21 No drunker will inherit the kingdom of God.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. If you drink and get caught, you will pay the consequences, regardless of how nice a person you may be. Today, as he continues his study from the book of Isaiah, Pastor Xavier talks about the condemning power of moral decay. But he also reminds us of the freedom that can be found in Jesus Christ. Let's join him for today's important study.
1: Isaiah chapter 28. The message is entitled, Judgment and Sin Go Together. Once when Calvin Coolidge was vice president and presiding over the Senate, an altercation arose between two senators. Tempers flared and one senator told the other to go straight to hell. The offended senator stormed from his seat, marched down the aisle and stood before Mr. Coolidge who was silently leafing through a book. Mr. President, the man said, did you hear what he said to me? Coolidge looked up from his book and said calmly, you know, I have been looking through the rule book. You don't have to go. Only those who reject God's word will go there. You don't have to go. Isaiah the prophet declares to us the judgment of God regarding Ephraim and Jerusalem in this chapter. And provides for us three reasons for that judgment. They're not exhaustive, but there are three reasons that he focuses upon that I think are very relevant to our day. In our lives, it's a lengthy chapter, so bear with me. Uh, Let me read it so you get the idea and capture the sense. Woe to the crown of pride of the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is fading away, which is at the head of the uh, verdant valleys, to those who are overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord has a mighty and a strong one, like a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, like a flood of mighty waters overflowing, who will bring them down to the earth with his hand. The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, will be trampled underfoot. And the glorious beauty is fading flower, which is at the head of the very valley, like the first fruit before the summer, which an observer sees, he eats it up while it is still in his hand. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. But they also have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. For all the tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Whom will he teach knowledge? Or whom will he make to understand the message? Those who just wean from milk? Those just drawn from the breast? For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and with another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the worry to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backwards and be broken and snared and caught. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men who rule this people who is in Jerusalem. Because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with shield. We are in agreement with the overflowing scourge passes through it will not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hidden ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also I will make justice the measuring line, and righteousness the plummet, the Hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overflow the hiding place. Yet your covenant with death will be annulled, and your agreement with Sheol will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. As often as it goes out, it will take you. For morning by morning it will pass over, and by day and night it will be terror just to understand the report." For the bed is too short to stretch out on, and the covering too narrow that the one cannot wrap himself in it. For the Lord will stir up as a mount purism, it will be angry, or he will be angry, as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his awesome work, and bring to pass his act, his unusual act. Now, therefore, do not be mockers. Let your bonds be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a destruction determined even upon the whole earth. Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he has leveled its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin? Plant the wheat and rose and the barley in a pointed place. And the spelt or the rye in its place. For he instructs him in right judgment. His God teaches him. For the black common. Is not threshed with the threshing siege. Nor is the cartwheel rolled over the common. But the black common is. Beaten out with a stick. And the common with the rod. Bread. Flour must be grounded. Therefore he does not thresh it forever. Break it with his cartwheel or crush it with his horsemen. This also comes from the Lord of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. The prophet again here declares to us the judgment of God regarding Ephraim and Jerusalem and he gives three reasons for this judgment. Verse 1 through 8, the first one, the people's moral decay the people's moral decay. Secondly, the people's spiritual apostasy, verse 9 through 15. And then thirdly, the people's intellectual presumptuousness in verses 16 through 29. Now the people's moral decay stands at the head of the reasons here. Notice in verse 1 through 4, the judgment was against Ephraim. God is very specific when he declares judgment he doesn't speak in generalities the charges are that of drunkenness notice that in verse 1 the word woe is always indicative of judgment in the scriptures this is the first of six woes that follow in this next section of Isaiah Jesus declared woes to the scribes and the Pharisees judgment the crown of pride refers to Samaria the capital of the northern kingdom as you know it was built on a well rounded hill by Ahab's father, King Omri. The beautiful, fertile area there. The glorious beauty of Ephraim, notice, was now fading away like a fading flower, which was at the head of the valley of fatness. So even though God had blessed them in the land, they were the idolatrous northern kingdom. Remember with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, there was idolatry. And they had walked away from God and, and ruin came to them. Now he's speaking about even despite all that God did for them, all that he blessed them, now it was like a fading flower. Their glory was past. Now Ephraim is often used as the head of the northern kingdom. And so when you go through scripture, especially like here, Ephraim stands for all 10 nations in the north. Now notice the reason for their fading glory was that they were overcome with wine, pointing to the degraded and decaying condition of the country, given over to alcohol. Alcohol is one of the key measures of a nation, where they're at. When a nation is given over to drunkenness, when a nation on every level is characterized by this with a debauched lifestyle. It is a cry of decay. In fact, remember Amos the prophet. He was prophesying in the north. And in Amos 4.1 and 6, one, it says, Hear the word, you cows of Basham, the ladies, who are in the mountains of Samaria, the capital, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to their husband, Bring wine, let us drink. Interesting when ladies take the lead in society. They become as corrupt as the men, if not more. We see this today in our society. They, in fact, are the initiators of evil, of corruption. Usually it's the men because the men are the ones who run things. In fact, in one, he says, Woe to you who are at at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. They're secure in their positions and their power. It's interesting that Washington, D.C., is, is the greatest consumption of alcohol per capita in the nation. Hmm. Is there any wonder? Decisions. Are so off the wall today. The instruments of judgment would be Assyria. Look at verse 2 and 3. In verse 2, Assyria is described in a very poetical manner as a mighty and strong one, like a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, like a flood of mighty waters overflowing. The vivid picture is very clear it's of destruction. The rest of verse 2 and 3, Assyria's efficiency is described as absolute. The one who will bring them down to the earth. Listen though. With God's hand. They are the rod of his wrath. They are the instrument of God. The one who will trample the drunkards of Ephraim underfoot. The judgment is specific. He's addressing the drunkards. He's addressed the nation and the back. Right now he's addressing the drunkards. Those who are in political office or not. Those who are living that lifestyle, those who are given over to this as a habit. Notice verse 4, the judgment would not be far off. The Assyrians would come upon them in three years. 722, the northern kingdom went to captivity. The Assyrians would swallow Ephraim as well as the rest of the northern kingdom. And he says, like one who eats the first ripe fruits, the figs, in June. They're the first and the sweetest. And when you see them, you pick them up and you just eat them. <laughs> it's certain. It's not far off. Notice secondly, verse 5 through 8, the righteous justice of God is declared. Why? Because people always challenge God's judgment and justice. Men charge God foolishly. How could God do this? Why does God do that? I. Uh, people are too quick to give a piece of their mind to God that they can't afford to lose. <laughs> Verse 5, in that day the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant. A twofold fulfillment. The short term indicates a faithful remnant of his people during the days of Isaiah. For God always has his faithful remnant. Those who would heed, God would be faithful. Always remember that. Don't get the Elijah complex. You're not the only one. God always has his faithful remnant in every generation. The long-term indication, the kingdom age. We've gone through this phrase before many times. In that day. The contrast is obvious. The crown of pride is replaced by the crown of glory. So short-term wise, those who trusted God, they would see the pride of glory, the crown of, of, of pride, be taken into captivity, destroyed, removed. And yet they would turn their hearts to have the crown of glory of the Lord reign over them. Long term wise in the kingdom, God will wipe out all the control, all the power, all the nations of man, and Jesus will rule and reign. So you have this double fulfillment, as often we see. Now, notice in verse 6, The Lord will be a spirit of justice to those who sit in judgment and strengthen those who turn to trust Him, both in Isaiah's day and in the kingdom. Drunkenness is condemned throughout the scriptures. This is the focus. Read the Proverbs. He's not wise. Who do you give wine to? One who's ready to die. (laughs) Intoxicating drink. Drunkenness is one of the works of the flesh that will keep people from the kingdom of God. Galatians 5.21. No drunker will inherit the kingdom of God. Make sure you understand that. I think the church has a big problem with alcohol today. Somehow... Through the past 25, 30 years of what God's done in the Jesus movement, people have become very complacent, very compromising, and very rational. Be careful. The scriptures are very, very, very clear. Notice verse 7 and 8 the consequence of their sin was devastating. Devastation. They had erred through wine. These are people, leaders, priests, and prophets as we're going to see. Wine, drinking does not help you at all. It will cause you to err, to say and do stupid things. They were out of the way through intoxicating drink. Out of the way means they weren't walking with God. The spiritual leaders, the priests and the prophets, it says, had erred in vision and stumbled in judgment. You see, alcohol is a deceiver. You would not say things that you say in al- with alcohol. You would not do some of the things, but it, it causes you to have false courage, a false sense of, 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 of security, a false sense of, of ability. It's a depressant, it's a deceiver. The outcome was that their tables were full of vomit and filth, no place was clean. And anyone who has ever partaken of drinking on any level is very familiar with all this. Many a night you spend giving your toilet a lip lock all night long. hanging on to your bed, trying to make it stop. It destroys your brain cells, by the way, and those cannot be replaced, and we can't afford to lose many. Each one drink destroys thousands at one time. Those are never replaced. The number of young people that die each year due to alcohol-related incidents from ages 16 to 25 would be like loading up two 747 jets weekly and crashing them, amazing. It's an epidemic in our nation that we don't want to acknowledge it. It's only one of many, but we're there. God brings judgment on the drunkard in different ways in his or her life by mere reaping and sowing. First, by giving them over to that sin and destroying their life. You remember drinking your first drink? You ever did that? You, you, you hated it. You wanted to throw it out. You want to spit it out. But of course, your buddies are there, so you gotta be bad and swallow it. Yeah, that's great, man, yeah. you know? But then you build a, a, a liking for it, you know? You, and then, you know? And it's a very progressive thing, and it moves on. And because you're young, you think that it doesn't affect you. And so now you bowls, you used to only be able to drink a six pack, now you can drink a case. And I can still drive. Oh, but just be patient. You need to get a brand new car. and You can drive it hard for the first 50,000. But don't be surprised when the rods start knocking. It comes back big time. Your brain shrinks. Your liver gets destroyed. Your personality turns ugly. (laughs) You become rude. You don't consider people. You say things you regret. You don't think twice. You commit yourself to things that you wish you hadn't. Reaping and sowing. But secondly, by rejecting a person to enter the kingdom. Do not be deceived thinking that you can be drinking all the time and enter the kingdom of God. I say this very seriously, because there's many in the church that rationalize it. Explain it away. Be careful. I don't want to be doing anything in the Lord that I used to do apart from the Lord. you know what I mean? First of all, if my body is a temple of God, why would I want to destroy it? It's bad enough that it's decaying by itself. Why why would I want to give a wrong example of what a Christian is and stumble others or encourage others to live that way? Listen, one weekend your pastor was partying. The next weekend he was saved. And I wasn't doing the things I used to do. I knew I was saved, and I never read the Bible. And I knew I couldn't do certain things. So we have to be careful. God will be the strength of the one who calls upon his name. If that's your problem, he can deliver you from the sin of drunkenness. When you're a Christian, you're a new creature. All things pass away, everything becomes new. Do not fall into the deception of Alcoholic Anonymous as a Christian because you're saying that you're a recovering alcoholic. No, you are a recovered alcoholic. You have the ability to drink again, just like I have an ability to go out and drink again. I drank every day. I drank in the weekend heavily from Friday to Sunday. God took that away. So don't say you're a recovering alcoholic one day at a time, no, no, no. Would you believe that I'm a recovering fornicator? Why you laugh? Because it's stupid, isn't it? Let's get serious. Do not lean to your understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Proverbs 3, 5. God points out many horrible consequences related to alcohol in the Scriptures. Noah, after the flood, after the flood, he gets out of the boat, he plants a vineyard, makes some wine, passes out naked on the floor. Interesting. Interesting. Aaron, his two sons. God goes out of his way to instruct them diligently how to offer sacrifices. They drink a little uh, ripple or whatever it was, and they offer strange fire. And God barbecues them. And God tells Aaron through Moses, "When you go in, don't drink strong drink." Whoa. How about David? Can't get his way. He says, "Hey, I'll get you a drunk. You really go have a good time with his wife. Cover up my pregnancy." How many broken lives have come through alcohol? Women who have been destroyed, men who have been destroyed, families who have been destroyed. Young ladies who have lost their virtue because of alcohol. Teenagers who have driven and hit somebody and killed them. You can continue with the list. Alcohol is a sign of decaying people in a nation. A sign of a decaying nation. We are their people. People's moral decay was evident by drunkenness.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the somber truth about those who refuse to remain sober. Well, be sure and tune in next time for more of the message, Judgment and Sin Go Together. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up a copy on CD for only $4. Just ask for the title, Judgment and Sin. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. The Word of God is a light, but what happens to those who insist on walking in darkness? That's tomorrow's discussion here on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.